0: Welcome to Ticking Stock with Kelly McMillan. If the name sounds like a business show to you, then you've got it all wrong. Kelly McMillan is the principal of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks and will talk about shooting for fun, competition, hunting, and self-defense. Now, here is your host, Kelly McMillan.
1: Welcome to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. I'm your host. I'm really excited to be here today. I'm joined by my guest host, Zev the Wolf Nadler. Howdy, everybody. Yeah, it uh, had a great holiday. Uh, it was really nice uh, Christmas. I spent most of the time up north uh, at my place. It was a little cooler up there. Got some things done in in my wood shop, and that was very exciting to be able to basically get my workbench finished. And any of us, any of you guys that follow us on on. Facebook have probably seen bits and pieces of that uh, workbench as it was getting built. But um, I'm happy to be back to work, and uh, we've got a lot of really cool stuff. As we announced uh, not too long ago, ELRHQ.com is up and running. We're uh, selling stuff, taking orders, and uh, soon we'll be... um, Seen at a number of events uh, around the country. Zev, why don't you give a, an update on uh, where ELRHQ is going to be? Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, uh, well, first
2: off, we're going to be in Parump, just uh, two days before shot.
1: Pahrump a pump pump. <laughs>
2: Actually, I was hoping that one of the Trump people could be there so we could say Trump and Perump. but I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, we're going to be out there for uh, the ELR-hosted world record shoot. So that's where, for the very first time, folks can get together and actually start setting records under a regulated manner with with which has been developed through many people in the industry so it's really kind of a a great democratic process and we, and we think we're really there uh, we're gonna have an easy up there with all of our products some of our vendors are gonna be joining us in the booth and we actually have one of those vendors waiting on the line to talk with us soon um, and we're really excited about the, uh, the day before the world record shoot where
1: a three mile shoot might be attempted by a few folks as well. So as all of you listeners know, who have been with us for the entire year, this actually starts year two for taking stock with Kelly McMillan. Uh, One of our very first shows, I think it was our second show actually was a live broadcast from the shot show. So we're going to do that again this year. So if you want to find out all the latest stuff going on at the shot show and in the firearms industry, Tune in, uh, that's the 25th, right? May, the I believe that's J- the 26th. Uh, whatever that Friday is, <laughs> I think it's the 25th, and he thinks it's the 26th, but whatever that Friday is, uh, tune in at about noon Arizona time or 11 o'clock Pacific time, and uh, you'll get an update on everything that we found out in the four days that we'll be there and uh, have some great guests, so looking forward to that, too. I would like to uh, introduce a member of Team McMillan's FTR um, F Class team. Uh, we've been doing this. I've, I've just sponsored uh, a brand new team, and it's going to uh, represent McMillan through this next year. Very excited to have all these guys. Today, we've got Dan Polabel on the show. Hi, Dan. Are you with us?
3: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on the show, Kelly.
1: Well, thanks for being here. I'm really glad uh, to have you on the show today. Looking forward to letting our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Um, I, I got to know you through the whole process of, of sponsoring the US uh, FTR team. And um, I've got to tell you, I'm really excited about having you on Team McMillan. Why don't you give us a, a brief rundown of some of the accomplishments, uh, the shooting that you've done, a little bit about uh, how you fit with Team McMillan?
3: Well, I, of course, I've been shooting you know, with Team Sinclair and, and the guys, uh, Derek and the others, since 2014. I was fortunate enough to get on actually at the end of 2013. Um, they were interested in me because... Uh, you know, location, and and I was doing pretty well in the matches, and I had some experience team shooting and uh, a great bunch of guys. I knew them pretty well uh, before I got on the team, but uh, just a really good opportunity to get on the team, and we're really excited to, you know, to have you, uh, you know, become our new sponsor.
1: Well, I had a really good time. I, I couldn't believe how much fun being a sponsor of a world championship team was. Uh, The process started back in 2014 when we sat down, and and I think you were there with us at the SHOT Show, when we sat down to design a stock that would actually be specifically designed for FTR. Uh, And just getting to know the guys that participated in that, getting the stocks made and out in their hands, and then getting the feedback was Something that we hadn't done a lot of, we had designed a lot of stocks, but not a lot of them from feedback from some of the best shooters in the world. So th- that was a, a great time for me. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I had so much fun doing the, the USA team that I'm going to do a Team McMillan. And as it happens, all of you guys were available because your previous sponsor decided to go a different direction. And uh, I jumped at the chance to have you guys on Team McMillan.
3: Well, we're certainly glad you did, and you bring up that uh, that process we went through with the exit stock, and and that was a lot of fun. I was impressed with you that day at the shot show. I hadn't met you before personally, uh, but you you know you listened to to what we had to say. You asked good questions, and my gosh, uh, you know we had stocks in our hands just a short time after that. and They were exactly what we had, had asked for, and of course the rest, uh, you know, is history, as they say. Uh, uh, it's a it's a stock that's become very popular in FTR. And uh, for me, especially, uh, I'm a little guy. And so, under recoil, if the stock isn't perfect and my setup's not perfect, I don't stay on target. And uh, I've had the best uh, results with the exit stock over, you know, tracking and staying on target of anyone I've shot.
1: Well, I really appreciate you saying that, and especially without me prompting you to say it it's difficult for me to to get on my radio show and basically coerce guys into saying that it's the best stock they ever shot but i really believe that that all of you guys were shooting mcmillan stocks before you got the new one and it was an improvement over what you had is is that the way you see it
3: it was actually my very first ftr rifle i had a mcmillan a3 on it which i liked really well uh then that was a. It was pretty much an entry level rifle that had been restocked, and then I built a rifle. And guy talked me into putting a wood laminate stock on it, which which worked well. Uh, it was light, which is a key factor in FGR. But it didn't track. You know, I was always chasing it. You know, it was two targets over after you shot. So uh, you know, when I got the McMillan exit stock, uh, you know. I, I was very pleased, and of course, I got another one right away, too.
1: <laughs> I've made the comment before that um, I didn't really understand what uh, it took to make a good stock when shooting off a bipod. Um, but by listening to you guys and understanding how important it was that the gun recoil straight back, um, we took the cast off and the cant out of the prone stock, made the rear keel. Uh, in a straight line with a five degree, uh, incline so that you can get a little bit of elevation change just by sliding the bag forward and, and rearward a little bit. Um, and that when the gun recoil, it, it comes straight back. And like you said, not t- t- two targets over, which was what normally happened with the prone stock. So, uh, you know, I, I think we've done everything we can to make uh, a really good FTR stock. And uh, I think it's evidenced by the fact that, uh, even though we had the best shooters in the world, um, they shot really good scores and did really well at the world championships with that stock. So I'm happy about that. Not everybody on the team shot one, though. They all had the option to. And that, you know, as a sponsor, I'm going to say, of course, I, I want everyone to shoot it. But you know, if you're going into a world championship and you've been shooting a gun that's just really pounding tacks, you don't want to change anything. And I understand that. So a couple of the guys shot, uh, whatever it was that they were shooting and it didn't have a McMillan. but, but I was okay with that. You know, our, our whole thing was to help the team USA win a world championship. And, uh, I can't tell you how exciting that was.
3: That was a, that was a big day. Uh, certainly the most, uh, pressure and, and the best result. I mean, the most fun that I've had in my shooting career, you know, quite, quite an accomplishment, uh, you know, just you look around at the guys on our team. You know, so much talent there. Uh, it was an honor to be one of the eight shooters and, and the sponsors. You know, guys like you and uh, I was impressed that you came. You know, all the way from Arizona to to watch us shoot because uh, it's watching long range matches is not the most exciting thing, uh, unfortunately. And of course, you know the shooters and you had a spotting scope and you you know what's going on. You've been to them before. That I'm, I'm sure that helps.
1: Well, I want to tell you, you said that was one of the most uh, pressure-packed situations you've ever been in. But actually, just qualifying for the world team, you had a situation that that was <laughs> uncommon, but, but high pressure. And you came through, uh, you, you and uh, Dan Lentz, and, and I have a lot of uh, give a lot of credit to Dan Lentz for, for being a sportsman and being a part of the team and being there, uh, even though we didn't get to shoot in the team match. But you beat him in a shoot-off the last day of the selection process in order for you to get to shoot on the, the eight-man team. And you can't tell me that there wasn't some pressure in, in that 10, was it 10 shots you took?
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was a 10-shot shoot-off, uh, 10 minutes, and it was convertible ciders, And uh, I felt really good uh, about my equipment and, and my own uh, state of mind that day, kind of have to get in a different uh, zone to, to do that, get in your little bubble. Uh, it was a little bit of an advantage for me. I've done a lot of shootoffs. Uh, I had, let's see, I've done f- five shoot-offs at Camp here, no, six, six up there, and and won five of them. So, uh, the, I, I know what it takes mentally to get ready for that, and uh, I felt really good, you know, about my chances when I laid down there to shoot. And uh, my first cold bore shot was an X, and my my second shot actually dropped just below the X ring. And I had the option of, you know, taking, uh, just, you know, using those asiders and going on and shooting 10 more. But I I felt like uh, I could shoot eight more Xs, and I felt like nine Xs would win it. And, uh, and I did. I, you know, I won by one X over Dan Lentz, uh, who's a good friend and I have the most respect for. But, uh, yeah, you know, when the pressure's on, uh, you know, uh, that, that tells the, the team... The whole team was back there watching too, so, (laughs) you know. Well, congratulations
1: on that, Dan. I really appreciate uh, you being on the show. We're out of time now. Uh, There's going to be some pressure on you in February when you come to the Burger Nationals because I'm going to expect Team McMillan to win that national championship and you guys to make me proud, okay? Actually, I I don't need to put any more pressure on you guys than you do yourself. Um, I want you to come out here and have fun, represent – McMillan as you always will and enjoy the time. Uh, Dan, thanks for being on the show and uh, I'll see you in February. Thank you. Well, thanks for being on the show, Dan. That was really awesome. You know, Dan's one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet and he's a really good shooter shooting ELR as well as uh, F-Class. So uh, one of those guys who just uh, has pretty much grown up behind a gun and loves to shoot no matter what what it is, hunting, competition, he does it all. Uh, Now I'd like to get into to our first guest. Uh, I'm really excited. I got to know him a little bit uh, back in October when we were at a trade show, and his booth was right across uh, the aisle from us. It gave us a, a really good opportunity to get to know him and his products a little bit. And um, I, I just I think the coolest thing about it is that we're going to offer Cytron scopes on ELRHQ. Zev, you want to you talk about why that is? Yeah, I think, you know, just to
2: go a little bit back on, on your concept, when you had developed the concept, you wanted to offer, you know, what, competi- what competitors are winning with and what competitors are using. But you also wanted to give folks who are getting into the game the ability to look for a price point and still get great value. Um, and Cytron, without a doubt, is pretty much known as as the best value in quality optics. So uh, when you told me to bring them on, that was a great score, and uh,
1: Corbin will tell us more. I can't wait. Well, I've got Corbin Shell on the line right now. Corbin, thanks for being with us.
4: Well, Kelly, thank you very much for having me on your show today, and it's an honor to be speaking with an industry leader such as yourself.
1: Well, thanks, but we can get past all that. Let's just get right into you. We're here to learn about you. Uh, Tell us uh, where you grew up, uh, how you got into the firearms industry, and basically what got you to where you are today.
4: Okay. Well, I grew up in North Carolina and currently reside in Georgia. However, I still call North Carolina home. And due to my father's military career, I've been very fortunate to, to live in various states throughout the country as well as living abroad. And early on in, in my childhood, I grew up in southern Germany in an area known as Bavaria in a beautiful town, uh, Bad Toltz. And that's one of my favorite places that I've ever lived. And if anybody ever has an opportunity to travel to Germany, I highly suggest that they go to Bavaria. And... Um, as my father was a dedicated uh, military man, he spent all of his life in uh, the military and the Army Special Forces. Um, I grew up being exposed to firearms on a daily basis and developed a passion for firearms very early on in life. And fast forward a little bit, after graduating from North Carolina State University, I decided that I wanted to go to one of the top nationally accredited gunsmithing schools in Troy, North Carolina. It's called Montgomery College, uh, with the notion of starting a business um, to create and build high-grade sporting rifles and become a member of the American Custom Gunmakers Guild. And um, soon after gunsmithing school, I realized that there were. Better long-term career paths, and I decided to focus my efforts on sales and sales management. So I spent about 15 years in the industrial commercial um, packaging industry, and about nine or 10 years ago, I an opportunity presented itself to be the national sales manager for a firearms company, and, and I jumped at that opportunity. And since taking that position in the shooting industry, I've never looked back. And and in retrospect, the only regrets that I have career-wise is not getting into the shooting industry earlier. Uh, This is a fantastic industry and a really great group of people that work in the industry. And for anybody that's contemplating getting into the shooting industry, I say don't hesitate and definitely follow your passion.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Montgomery College because we've worked with them over the years. Most of our listeners know that we're heavily involved in almost all of the gunsmithing programs around. Seems like every curriculum has uh, a program where they've got to build a, a rifle, a stock it, and, and now because, you know, 40 years ago it was all wood based stuff. Now, with with the, the work that McMillan has done in the, the synthetic and fiberglass stock business, every one of the curriculums offers a, a, a portion of their class on on how to work with fiberglass gun stock. So we do a lot of work with them uh, providing stocks for the students so that they don't have to, to purchase them uh, when they're working on them. So I uh, really love to support the schools, and, and you know, it's great to hear that uh, we have people attending those schools all over the country. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's one
4: of the, the top schools in the country.
1: So you're not, you went to a gunsmithing school, you're an accredited gunsmith, but you found that, like my dad said, there's only two kinds of gunsmiths, crooked ones and poor ones, because if <laughs> you're going to be a gunsmith that basically does repairs on old firearms, you cannot charge enough to, to do the work uh... to make a living because people just won't you know if you have to make a spring by hand because you can't find it anywhere and it takes you four hours you can't charge the guy hundred and twenty bucks for a little spring you just can not um, so you decided to go into a different line and you finally got into the firearms industry um, how did that leap from packaging to firearms go
4: well i think my background in with gunsmithing and my shooting background and then ultimately my sales and sales management background facilitated me being able to um, come into the firearms industry in a management capacity and and early on uh, my love of shooting that only took off early on when I was in gunsmithing school and I started shooting NRA, um, across the course, high power, long range, and Palma shooting.
2: Tell us a little bit more about your, uh, competitive world. Well,
4: I've been shooting competitively since 1997, and I've been shooting at Camp Perry in the National High Power Championships and Long Range Championships, uh, ever since, um, Prior to that, I got interested in target shooting, and what really got me interested in target shooting was when I was in gunsmithing school, we would go out and test, test our rifles and shoot one-inch square blocks at between 200 and 400 yards, and then I really got hooked on it, and, and ever since then, it's, it's, been a, it's been a way of life.
2: Well, um, I've heard it's... And so, after, I, no, go ahead, please.
4: Uh, after um shooting in the NRA style so with a sling and a jacket I got interested in ELR shooting back in around 1998 or 2000 back before ELR shooting became popular like it is now or almost mainstream and, and even back then we were shooting 2500 to 32 or 3300 yards with 338 Lapua's and 50 BMGs and in, in fact, Kelly, one of the rifles that we used was a McMillan 50 BMG rifle back in the day.
1: That does not surprise me.
2: And you know, Corbin, yeah, and, I've and when I've been it, told that you uh, had actually been in extreme long range with amazing calibers back in the day. I read an article about you uh, back in 2001 where you actually hit a milk jug at 1,025 yards using, was it a 30 grain or 33 grain Burger uh, 17?
4: that is correct uh, back in about two thousand two thousand one i was preparing for the u.s palma team tryouts and i wanted to become a better wind reader so subsequently i built a rifle that would be more susceptible to wind drift so i looked at all the ballistics and figured that a seventeen remington shooting a twenty five or a thirty grain bullet would be just the ticket And, um, I settled on a 30 grain burger bullet in a 17 Remington 9 twist barrel going 3,750 feet per second. And also in that, in that rifle, um, we incorporated a McMillan fiberglass stock.
2: Which one was it?
4: It was the BR 5050 stock.
1: Well, you know. We've just recently developed two stocks specifically for ELR, uh, a little longer fore so that they can get the bipod a little farther out front and a big uh, stiff fore so that when you hang those 38-inch, you know, two-inch diameter barrels on on them, it doesn't sag. But, yeah, you know, people don't realize that we've been making big stocks for a long time, that uh, all of the TAC-50, the TAC-50A1, the, the light uh, 50 bench rests and even the heavy bench rests, uh, back in the day were you know, pretty massive stocks.
4: That's exactly All right, it. Kelly. And, and and your your stock worked perfectly on that little 17 Remington. And I shot some pretty phenomenal groups and scores out to 600 yards. And what was really the, the impetus for attempting a 1025 yard shot was someone said oh there's no way that that gun'll be effective any further than 600 or 700 yards so I wanted to prove them wrong and a, a very good friend of mine and long-time Palma team member Kent Reeves he assisted me when when I made the shot um he was actually down in the pits and he was my forward observer telling me where the impact was and um was successful in being able to hit the jug. Ironically, the projectile went through the jug, which was about six inches thick, full of water, and Kent was able to retrieve the projectile, which I still have the projectile and jug to this day.
1: Wow, that's cool. Um, let's talk about Cytron. Uh, you found your way into the the firearms industry and you now work with Cytron. Tell that us about is That is
4: correct. I- I am the National Sales Manager at Cytron Sport Optics, and, and Cytron is very excited to have ELRHQ as one of our premier dealers, and we know that y'all are going to be great ambassadors for the Cytron brand.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, I'm sure we'll do right by Cytron, and we're, we'll sell some scopes because um, it's a great scope. And you know, I haven't been in the industry that long to
2: be able to say that I've been to many competitions, but... You know, it's without a doubt, uh, it has a presence in, in most any competition that you look at. You go down the line, you'll see all different brands, but Citron definitely represents And So when I met you at the NASGW, when we were right across uh, the hall from there, I'm kind of happy that we did and that you introduced me to a really great line of optics. I've been uh, using the, uh, uh, the TAC-420 on my uh, wind mag, on my 300 Win Mag, and that thing just holds up great and love the tactile feel, the turrets. The glass is clear. Um, I'm just really excited to wrap to your line.
4: Well, that's great. And, you know, that, that Cytron S-TAC that you have, that scope is a tremendous value. Uh, and and it's evident that Cytron builds some of the finest scopes uh, that are made out there. As our scopes have been used to win multiple world and national championships um, with various calibers from rimfire all the way up to, 50 BMG, and our good friend Eduardo, he actually won the 50 caliber world championships using uh, one of our Cytron S3 scopes. And just two years ago, uh, our field target scope was used to win the world field target championship in Lithuania. And just just here recently, uh, Jack Jones shot a 2.1 inch thousand-yard five-shot group using our 10 to 50 power scope.
1: You know, one of the things that McMillan has always been associated with is quality and, and very good products and in order for us to feel confident that, that Citron really was uh, a product that we wanted to carry on ELRHQ. We did a lot of research, and we talked to a lot of people. And as Zev mentioned earlier, the, the main thing, you know, it's going to take Cytron a while to be able to compete against Night Force and maybe even Vortex. but And I'm not saying that the, the quality of the scopes aren't up there. I'm just saying that they have such a brand and, and Vortex in the short period of time that they've been around has done a really good job, which should give hope for you and Cytron to be able to really get up and challenge both those scope brands Uh, in a short period of time because it's been done before. But we really wanted to be able to offer a very good quality product at a price point where some guy doesn't feel like he's got to sell his car just so he can have a rifle that he can compete in ELR or even just long range. So that's one of the main considerations. Good quality, good optics, they work and you can win, and you can get into them at a price where... The other two were pretty much untouchable. How do you guys do it, Corbin? how do you uh, how do you make it so affordable and
2: so good?
4: Well, like Kelly said, uh, you know we focus on good quality that's very affordable. I feel that Citron produces the highest quality product at the best value in the industry. I mean, we are the best value for high-end sporting optics. No doubt about it. And other companies sell optics um, that are similar to Cytron for significantly more money. But our goal is to provide the end user with the best possible product at the best price. And how we do it is Cytron focuses on um, the mechanical tracking and then the optical design. You know, often scopes are built to varying degrees of perfection. And sometimes you pay a lot of extra money to get that perfection. And these degrees of variation can be razor thin. And you get to the point of diminishing returns very, very quickly. And one of the things that we do to ensure our scopes are competitive with the very best is we feel that tracking is paramount, closely followed by the optical quality. And if your scope doesn't track correctly, uh, you will incur aiming errors, and subsequently, you're going to miss targets.
1: You know, I, I honestly believe that Citron will have a place in this industry for a long time, but unfortunately, we've only got about a minute left. Why don't you give the listeners uh, some website information to where they can do some research on their own, find out where they can... Um, get all the details on Citron scopes.
4: Absolutely, Kelly. You can visit Citron at cytronusa.com, or you can call with any technical questions. Our telephone number is 919-562-3000, and you will get a human being. We don't use an answering machine. Um, Also, you can visit Citron on Facebook at citron Inc or on Twitter at Citron, or Instagram at Cytron Inc.
1: Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. I know our listeners are going to want to do a little bit of research on their own. It seems to be that the, the people who listen to the show, who buy Macmillan products, who shop at ELRHQ, and probably those that are going to purchase Citron Scopes, they want to do some research. They want to know their products. They don't just don't take somebody's word for it and, and go out and, and buy it and say, you know, this is what you know this guy told me to get. Uh, It seems like they're really serious about knowing, especially when you get to ELR. You can't just do what other people are doing and expect to win. You have to have your own skills and your own set of skills, and that means understanding your equipment. So I really look forward to uh, seeing you at SHOT. Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Sorry uh, the time seemed like it was so short, but that always happens with a great guest. Uh, Look forward to seeing you soon. Corbin, thank you.
4: Kelly, thank you very much for having me again on your show, and I look forward to seeing you at SHOT Show.
1: Great. Okay, I'd like our listeners to stick around while we take a short little break. We'll be right back with our next guest.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gun stock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com.
0: You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Taking Stock. I'd like to thank all of you for sticking around during the commercial break. Really enjoyed Corbin Shell and going to look forward to getting to spend some time behind a Citron scope, get to know it a little bit better. Our next guest has been a, a friend of mine for a long time. You know, it's funny how you meet somebody in this industry because you have something in common or y- your products kind of seem to mesh. And, oh, a number of years ago, I um, had asked Robert Black if he would uh, allow me to put one of his spec rests in our shot show booth just so that we could put our 50 cal on it so that people could get behind it, look through the scope, kind of feel like they're, they're hanging on to it without actually having to hold it up. And he said, oh, sure, I'd love to. So uh, from there, that started a relationship that's been a great friendship over all these years. And I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Robert, thanks for joining us.
6: Absolutely, Kelly. And I really appreciate you uh, uh, having us on your program this morning.
1: Well, I'm excited about it because I think you're probably one of the best products. and, And I think absolutely, without a doubt, um, Specrest is right up there with Macmillan fiberglass stocks in that there just isn't anybody else in your field that offers anything close to what you're doing. Um, you might I, have, yeah, you might I, have. I like really appreciate consider- that
6: uh, because uh, you know uh, there's so much kit in the industry, and we really set out to make a product that uh, took all the wiggle and shake out of tripod weapon mounts. And uh, so you're exactly spot on when you're saying that uh, you're, you're putting component pieces of gear together, whether it's the weapon system, the optics. Uh, but if you're using a, uh, a medium platform that is, uh, is not up to those standards, then you've compromised your kit. And, and that's what spec really does.
1: Well, let's, let's right off the bat. Let's tell our listeners how they can find out more information about it. I know that if they Googled SpecRest, they could probably get to your website, but let's give it the easy way.
6: Okay. Uh, you can visit us at www.lonestarbuildproducts.com. And probably an easier way is to visit us at specrest.com, and that is S-P-E-C- R-E-S-T dot com. And you can mention. also call us uh, on our technical line at area code nine seven two 276 I'm sorry, 972 276
1: Okay, so we got that out of the way so we don't run out of time before we can uh, allow our listeners to, you know, get on the website. You know, I'm sure a lot of guys, they're sitting in front of the radio listening to this show, and they're probably scouring all of the websites that we're talking about throughout the show. So I wanted to give them an opportunity to get right on there. Uh, You mentioned that it's a a tripod or quad pod. Uh, Explain to our listeners exactly what a spec rest is. How it works, and then I would like for you to get into who's using them, how you've employed them, and I think the most exciting thing about what you do is the training that you do. So um, I'm I'm going to give you a few minutes, just um, roll on and, and let the our listeners hear about this product. It's it's amazing.
6: Thank you very much, and and that is a great accolade coming from someone like you because you are truly a, a uh, trendsetter uh, in this community. And, and so we take great pride in, in, in that accolade. Uh, spec rest stands for specific resistance. And it, that means I can add or subtract resistance in my panning and my elevation on the fly and combine it with micro elevation come ups. And so you have truly a weapon mount now with super precision adjustments that takes all the incidental quiver out of your setup. So it's a robust rest that has two anchor points on it, fore and aft, that has a, a total infinite amount of adjustments to be able to capture any long rifle. And, and so our claim is that you will be able to shoot sub-MOA from all standing, kneeling, sitting positions on demand. And there's nothing more frustrating than having a really high-end weapon optics uh, component package. And then when you cannot get prone, you're having to suffer for substandard uh, um, support systems. And uh, when, you, when you get behind the spec rest and you can pan quickly left, right, up, down, and and then combine that, with this micro elevation, it makes the extremely difficult standing shots very rudimentary, and so we are able to uh, have folks getting very similar uh, uh, shot groupings from standing, kneeling, sitting that they're able to gain from their traditional prone or, or, or bench arrangements. And and having said that, that that really brings into play. Uh, a lot of the different uses uh, of this device and um, uh, with everything from hunting to tactical to military, uh, it's become a gap filler, if you will, uh, because the lightweight tripod stuff is very ubiquitous in this industry, and it plays an important function. And, and most of that function is for it to be a hasty, short-term engagement lightweight tripod. And, and that has its place. Uh, but then you go on up the scale uh, of stability and, and that's where you get the spec rest. And uh, uh, we did exhaustive engineering work on this before we put it into the machine shop to, uh, to uh, make sure that we were capturing all these things so that our art was totally different and it provided for those shortfalls in, in those other tripod systems.
2: R.B., I've, uh, this is Zev here. How are you, man? you good. Good, good. Uh, nice to speak to you again. I uh, had the opportunity to spend a lot of time behind uh, one of your quad pods. And uh, first of all, I was amazed at the uh, uh, diversity of rifles that you could put on it. Um, you know, the like you talked about, the infinite amount of adjustment. Um, I was able to put... A XTR stock, an A5 stock with a, a McMillan WinMag 300, and a 300 WinMag. And I was also able to use your yoke extender and put various uh, AR platforms on it. So it really was accepting of everything I wanted to use. Also, what I noticed is that I was a better shooter because it really took some of the uh, human error out of it when it's sitting on such a stable rest that allows for such rapid tracking and those micro precision adjustments. I mean, my shots were accurate. I, I was a better shooter that day than I ever was. And it wasn't just me.
1: <laughs>
2: Kelly's laughing at me because he, he knows how well I shoot without that. But uh, I, I went out to Brownells. Kelly sent me out there uh, about four or five months back for a, a journalism get together. And I brought your, your quad pod to that. And uh, at the range, uh, from the editor of Guns and Ammo Magazine uh, across the board, they got behind it, and they were just fascinated. And we put a couple one-minute uh, video clips up on your site. I believe you still have them. So if people want to take a look at that, they can. But, yeah, I can't say enough about it, almost to the point. And, you know, I, I do. I would like to hear more about what you do with the military and law enforcement. I know you've been doing that for years. But I almost feel like it should be uh, a requirement that if people are at a stadium and they are protecting us, you know, I want to remove any human error as possible. I'd rather they not be positioning it on a rail or, you know, holding it against a barricade. I want it on as stable platform as possible. So I hope that, you know, everybody starts using it. But go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what you do with the military and law enforcement. I know you've been involved with them for years.
6: Absolutely. And and I've been blessed to be uh, drawn into that community and, and I want to speak directly to, to what you referenced earlier to about it, it's 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 really hard to have that light bulb moment uh, until you really do take some shots off the of spec rest and understand you know that, that it is eliminating the human uh, variables uh, and and these all of this equipment uh, that you guys produce and us as a community produce. Uh, it's only as, as uh, trackable, as, as stable as you can make it. And, and so if you can eliminate those variables, now the shooter's confidence is going up because now he understands that he has a platform here that is a metricable platform. You can use this platform to glean all kinds of data from ammo loads to holds to, to uh, uh, weapon chassis. So it becomes a validation platform as much as a uh, 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 utilized in the field. So to your point on uh, law enforcement and military, as I said, I've been very blessed to be drawn into this community because these elements uh, have need for this. Now, the military, where, where they've used it most back in the the, the war effort years, uh, was doing dig, uh, uh uh, defensive uh, marksman overwatch like on fobs and uh, and other outposts uh, where they have long-term positions. And, and they're platforming everything from their A4s on them, uh, uh, M4s, uh, pardon me, all the way up through all the crew-served weapons. So the 249s, the 240s, the tactical 50 cows are all supported, and it takes a lot of strain off of these guys when they can track and engage targets rapidly, uh, when they can't attain a prone position. And, and and that runs right over into the law enforcement community, whereas <clears throat> uh, in these urban environments, uh, there's not a lot of prone positions. And, and I've been blessed to work with a, a number of these companies, and currently I work uh, a lot with TAC Flow Academy uh, there in the Phoenix area, and uh, I work under the supervision of Mark Lane, who is a longtime SWAT sniper uh, uh, expert in many modalities uh, of uh, sniping and SWAT tactics. And uh, he has a school that we travel the country with and into Canada, that is live fire uh, training workups in football stadiums, arenas, and other public venues. And and we have been contracted uh, over the last 10 years to do these workups. And they're, and they're very uh, uh, involved. They're, they're real-time uh, type of engagements. Uh, we, we make the scenarios just as real-world possible as we can for these guys. And I'm the uh, instructor for overseeing... Uh, that the students uh... have an expedited workup from our range day all the way into the stadium on taking the standing kneeling shots uh... on-demand and so what i mean by that is in a non-permissive environment we cannot have the weapon in view during game time but should the need uh... occur uh... the weapon is on the deck with the bipods deployed we use pack timers and, and, and we have bullet traps set through the stadium, MGM targets has built some wonderful stadium trap sports that we can move, articulate, get high angle shots with, all of the above. And, and so you can transits from right off the deck, right into the receiver, uh, rubber receiver yokes on the spec rest and on demand, we as instructors are calling in the targets. Some of them are shoot, don't shoot, and we'll have them sweep left, right, and and make uh, uh, precision holes on demand. And uh, our goal in that school is to have everyone shooting in a two-inch group on demand. And that's a lot to say when you're tasking these people with stressor drills, and it's not just walk up and shoot. So there is a a lot of dynamics going on. And and almost to a man, at the close of one of our schools, uh, a lot of the feedback that I get was, it, as uh, stressed as I was, uh, it, as much as commotion was going on, when I put that rifle in the spec rest, everything slowed down, and it was on my time.
0: And, and
6: you, you can't ask for a, a better feedback than that because these guys in that, in that moment, they, they have to have something that is super stable. You've got potentially tens of thousands of people in this stadium, and you cannot get it wrong. And so uh, I've been very blessed to be pulled into these training organizations, and, and it's given me an opportunity to embed with these different groups and see what hangs them up. And I've made a lot of uh, different devices for them over the years because I have a background in machining and engineering. So it, it, it gives us both an opportunity to cross-train. And, and then so we as operators of machine tools in our shop uh... we we uh, uh... train up with operators of the tactical modalities and then we all push forward together as a team so uh... uh... It, it, it's a, been a wonderful ten years of doing that And with the threat today uh... uh <clears throat> so many different uh, uh... possibilities of threats uh... these guys gotta be they gotta be a step ahead and Today, uh, one of the worldwide threats is obviously using large trucks as ramming vehicles and and as a weapon. And so, having said that, now uh, we have to have a hard-target interdiction weapon on hand, and that's where the 50s come into play. And uh, I think any of you guys that have shot the 50s off of our spec rest, you're stunned at the results uh, and how much it mitigates uh, that felt recoil. And and when you're talking about uh, standing shots, you need to potentially have quick follow-on shots. So spec rest mitigates uh, all of those things and gives the guy the confidence that he can take that shot standing that priorly he would have never have taken. And in the event of that, maybe it saves lives. So it's a win-win for everybody. We kind of move the whole process forward as a group.
1: You mentioned earlier about confidence. And I will attest to the fact that anybody, uh, we work within the competitive community very closely. Everybody will tell you, all of the Team McMillan guys, when we talk to them, it's almost uh, a part of every conversation about confidence being a key ingredient to their success, having confidence in their products, having confidence in their ability, confidence in their win coach, confidence in in, uh, their loads. And I know for a fact, if I was uh, sitting in a seat next to a terrorist and there was somebody, you know, 400 yards away across the stadium that was going to take that guy out, I, like Zev, would much rather him be uh, the guy with the rifle be on a spec rest than any other way because just my experience with the spec rest, I had every confidence that when I pulled the trigger, the shot was going to go where I wanted it to because I wasn't going to lean into it or I wasn't going to flinch. or what, All of that stuff that you talked about, the spec rest eliminates all of the negative parts of what causes a shot to go awry. And when you have that confidence, it just makes, you know, your ability that much better. So I want to tell you that, that I understand that. I also want to say that I've been in, build, in the business of manufacturing things for over 40 years. And things are never as easy to manufacture as they seem. And you can see a lot of products on the market that have a great idea but they haven't thought it all the way through. And there's a, an issue or, issue or two um, with them that they just haven't been able to solve. But over the years, you've solved every issue that there is with the spec rest. And, and if, if I had to say, and I am not going to complain about this, the weight is an issue if you wanted to hunt with it. But the fact is, in order to get it stable and to do everything you ask it to do, I don't think you could get it any lighter and have it work as well.
6: That's correct, uh, it, because, it, like I said earlier, <clears throat> we did exhaustive research, and that meant that we had to find out that that breaking point on uh, uh, mass versus uh, 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 the lightweight component function and. If and, and if you uh, get everything so lightweight that it diminishes the value, you have no point in, in doing this. To speak to uh, the hunting situations, uh, the, you know, I I was like a lot of people. Okay, how how is this going to really be used in a hunting situation? Well, as you and I both know, uh, hunters are the darndest guys in the world. They can think of things that you and I may not have even thought about because they've been in that jam-up, what have you. Well, we have a tremendous amount of hunters using this, and everything from extreme long-distance prairie dog and and varmint hunting to extreme-distance deer hunting and elk hunting. Uh, Think about this. Uh, Hey, we go set up the spec rest. uh, We throw a tarp or... or, um, uh, poncho over it. We come in in the morning, we slip the gun in. Now we're making 500-yard deer shots. So that's having people take the really nice equipment they got and really utilizing it in their hunt. We're not talking about a 80 to 120-yard shot. We're talking about over a quarter of a mile shot. Uh, and, and then conversely, also uh, down here in Texas, we have a huge problem with hogs and coyotes. And we, uh, we do th- th- this a lot. We, we put the tripod in the back of the truck and we just take a little light one inch cargo ratchet strap, grab a couple of cleats in the bed and just put a little bit of downforce on, the, on the tripod. Now you've got an instant mounted weapon in the back of that truck. And if you've got access to property that's overrun with hogs and coyotes, you've got an instant precision night hunt set up. That it will deliver uh, uh, sub MOA shots on demand, uh, and it helps with the weapon always being in a safe position up in the rest. Uh, so it has a tremendous amount of, of, of hunting applications for that. It's used uh, a lot in Africa for uh, uh, large game animals on uh, for day blinds and what have you. Uh, so. It's growing and growing more in those communities, Kelly, and and thanks to the good efforts of folks like you who who are helping the community really understand uh, that, that that this is a departure from the, the lightweight stuff. It, it's been a big help for us.
1: Well, Robert, I really appreciate you being on the show. We've got about two minutes. Uh, I want to tell a, a little story. I wish I'd had one. And and the quad pod is is not insurmountable in carrying that in the field. I wish I had one with me. I took a shot at uh, an elk at 850 yards, and I missed. And and the reason that I missed was we were filming the episode for a a TV show, and as I was getting ready to shoot, the, the cameraman said, you can't shoot yet, we don't have enough light. So give me a couple of minutes. So by the time... He gave me the go-ahead to go ahead and pull the trigger. I was so fatigued. My neck was aching. My shoulders were quivering. And it was all because I didn't have any way to support that gun other than just hang on to it on a tripod and a a backpack. Uh, Had I had that quad pod with me and been able to sit there in a relaxed position and wait until that time with the gun, I'm sure I could have made the shot. So... Uh, You know, I just wanted to to have a little anecdote that, yeah, had I had one with me at the time, it would have made that shot, and and we've talked about that. Um, One more time, Robert, let's tell our listeners uh, how to find out more information about the spec rest.
6: Yes, okay. You can visit our website at LoneStarFieldProducts.com and uh, also SpecRest.com, S-P-E-C rest.com. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. We are spec underscore rest on Instagram, and there's a tremendous amount uh, of photos and, and videos on there that really help uh, uh, your listeners uh, understand just how stable this is. Uh, Tim Harmison over at the Military Arms Channel uh, has a YouTube video uh standing shots at a 1,000 yards where he shot a four-and-a-half-inch group uh, actually the first day that he got his rest. So there, there's a lot of, uh, of information out there, and uh, once again, you can call us on our technical line at area code 972-276-3110.
1: RB, thanks again for being on the show Really uh, appreciate you coming on And sharing your experience with us Uh, SpecRest is a great product And I can't wait to see you at the SHOT Show
6: Okay, thanks so much And you guys have a happy New Year
1: Okay, I want to remind our listeners That we will be uh, broadcasting live From the SHOT Show next week So if you want to tune in It'll be 11 o'clock Arizona time uh, um, Pacific time Or 12 o'clock Arizona time Uh, It happens that uh, Las Vegas is on Pacific time. So if if you're in that neighborhood, it's 11 o'clock. But uh, tune in and hear what all new at the uh, SHOT Show and in the firearms industry for 2018. Uh, Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be next week in Las Vegas.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Be sure to come back for more next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The weekend is here. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk again next week.